The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to jamieappsmedia.com. Welcome to the Commentary Booth, the ultimate weekly entertainment recap and review show. My name is Jamie Apps, and each week I'll be joined by a rotating cast of co-hosts to run you through the entertainment media we've consumed during the week. Along the way, we'll provide you with insightful commentary and reviews. This week I'm joined by a DJ and music marketing executive at Tag Live. He lists his favourite movie as Donnie Darko and favourite TV show as Seinfeld. Welcome back to the show, Jackson, now able to drink again, car. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I, um, I'm not enjoying drinking again. I had, did a bit of a number on myself last night watching the FA Cup final. So, yeah, it's all right, though. How are you going? I'm good. Yeah, it sounds like you went pretty hard on that first night back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could say that, especially messaging you at like 4.30 after the FA Cup final saying, hey, can we record a little bit later on? I I haven't slept yet, but no, I'm, I'm feeling good now, so it's all right. After that FA Cup final, I cannot blame you. It was terrible. Oh, man. Like, we started well and then just too many injuries and just sums up our season, really. So I'm just happy we still finished fourth. The first sort of 15 minutes, we looked like we were going to walk it in and then... Yeah. Dave went down and then it just all fell apart from there. The ref didn't seem to like us at all nah the, the goalkeeper the red card like just a few things but i guess in the, the day it's just human error so can't win them all but i'm happy we finished fourth and we've got some good signings for next year so promising times ahead 100 percent. i'm pretty excited about our squad for the next season just need to add a couple of top-notch defenders there and we'll be right up there again yeah, and hopefully new keeper. Not a fan of Kepper at all. I, I'm not as down on him as everybody thinks. Like he hasn't had the strongest backline in front of him, which has probably not done him any favors. Yeah, that's very true. I guess also though, when you're spending seventy-one million pounds, like a world record for a goalkeeper, you can't expect more. You can't help but look at like what Liverpool did with. Allison and Van Dyke, and just how much they've changed their side. So hopefully, Frank and Maria, the transfer guru, can get some good signings in, and we can close that gap. Because I can't stand another year of Liverpool winning. I'm happy they won one, but that's enough. They're already bad enough. It's <laughs> at my friend's house last night, and he's a massive Liverpool fan. He was just chewing my ear off, and then I was watching with Phil, and obviously he's an Arsenal fan. And yeah, no, it was wasn't a good time. Yeah, my Arsenal mates decided to wake up this morning and rub it in. I'm like, you just didn't even watch the game live, so you, <laughs> you don't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> so they do, they just pop up when they do well and they go back into hiding. But yeah, They weren't confident enough to get up at 2 o'clock to watch it, but they were happy to talk this morning. Yeah. See, I, I just did the smart thing and just stayed awake and then found my sorrows. So not necessarily the smart thing, but, you know, a bit of fun. Thanks, buddy. I needed that, that message this morning. <laughs> uh, so what have you been getting up to pre-August beginning and the drinking hitting? 
man, I've still just been like doing exercising and stuff, but I, I've tr- for a couple of years now, I've tried to get back into reading. I was always like a big reader in school. Like I'd finish a book a week or every week or so. I kind of just kind of just died off over the past couple of years thanks to, I guess, screens and stuff. So I bought a couple of books last week or like the last two weeks of August and something I've been wanting to read for a while is High Fidelity because the movie is one of my favourite movies of all time. I love John Cusack. And then I watched the show recently with Zoe Kravitz and that was amazing. So I've read the book now and it's it's awesome. Like it's, it's I can't, I can't get my goodness. Like there's a few little storylines they didn't put in the movie or the TV show that's in the book. And yeah, it's like a really easy read. And it's very much not my passion to start reading again, which is good. And I think it's something my mother will be impressed about as well. So um, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed the book. What's it about? So High Fidelity is basically, it's, it started as a book and then went to the movie and then a TV show. It's all the same premise. And it's a guy or in the TV show, it's a girl. They changed it going through a breakup. And then he lists his top five breakups of all time. And it's like a journey through like his past to help him go through this new breakup. And I guess it's just like, it's like a dark comedy in a way, dark romantic comedy. And so John Cusack's in the movie, as I mentioned, and yeah, he like runs a record store in in Brooklyn. And as we mentioned before, I'm obsessed with New York, anything said New York and stuff I'll I'll watch. So um, yeah, it's just about, I guess, his journey going through this breakup and then, um, Jack Black's in the movie and he's awesome in it and yeah that can be too much away yeah, he goes through a breakup and lists his top five breakups and he realises how much the breakup he's going through actually is worse than he thinks it is and yeah it's just a nice little dark rom-com I guess that I've always enjoyed yeah it sounds like there must be a fair bit of depth to it for it to be spun off into a movie and a TV show like you don't normally see that with a book they pick one or the other yeah and it was interesting because the book was written from a male's perspective and the movie was from a male's perspective. But then when they did the TV show, they did it from a woman's perspective, but her name was still Rob, which is the main guy's character name. And it's, I, f- I found it quite nice that Zoe Kravitz was in the TV show and Zoe Kravitz's mum was actually in the movie. So like there was that kind of family connection there as well. So um, the book came out in 1995. I think the movie came out 2000 2001 and then yeah the tv show was this year but i don't know if they'll do another season or not like it's the type of tv show when it ends you're like oh yeah cool it's over but if they do another season it might be like mm, they're pushing it a bit much so we'll wait and see what happens but it's all always had good reviews and stuff did that concept of changing it to a woman like make it feel fresh again yeah definitely it definitely did and they also um kind of explored some like she had relationship with a woman as well rather when the original book and the movie was very much a hetero guy whereas um the, the female perspective like kind of traveled down the lgbtq community and stuff so yeah very much made, made it fresh and then also rather than just rob like the girls or kravitz's breakups a few of the other characters also like we got to explore like their dating history as well so it really like opened up the whole premise of it and made it kind of a bit different as well and it, I actually watched it on ABC iView. So if you've got, yeah, you can just stream that free streaming service. So I stumbled across it one day and it was on there and I was stoked. Yeah, there's ABC and SBS streaming services. They actually have some pretty good stuff on there if you sit there and have the time to go through and find it. It's hard to find oh, them. Oh, absolutely. Good stuff on there. 
And for the last couple of years, I've just been using an Apple TV. It was like an old one, so I couldn't download any streaming apps. It was just what it came with. But I got myself a reward. I got myself a new Samsung a couple of weeks ago, and I can download all these apps on the, on the TV. It's awesome. And I'm finding myself watching more and more ABC and SBS stuff just because it's so much better than the quality of, I guess, Channel 7, 9, and 10 shows like Bachelor in Paradise and <laughs> you know, MasterChef and stuff. Yeah, I find I watch very little actual live TV anymore. Yeah. I think the last thing I've watched on live TV was the um, uh, the Joanne Lee's documentary that was on the other week. Oh, yeah. See, if I want to watch something, I'll just watch it on my computer and I'll just put adblock on so I can remove, remove the ads. But even if, like, Seinfeld's on, if an episode of Seinfeld's on, Peach or whatever it is, and I'll want to watch it. I'll just watch it on Stan because to avoid the ads. And I'll, I'll literally watch the same episode that's playing on TV, but just on my streaming service. Yeah, finish it 15 minutes earlier. Yeah. yeah. That's the worst part about live TV. There's just so many ads and they're like so loud and. Yeah. Just does my head in. Especially when you're watching sport as well. And they go to ad breaks, whereas it's good having, because I've got KO as well now, it's good being able to watch rugby league on. Foxtel, so there's no ads during play, which is awesome. It's just ad breaks, like for at half time, but I do my own stuff. Yeah, it, it feels so much more like you're just at the game rather than yeah catching bits and pieces. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm just going to games. Did you go to the Sharks game? No, nah, I was going to, but to be honest, I'm kind of a bit worried about COVID, and also I'm going to go visit my parents in two weeks. And my grandma, my 100-year-old grandma, has just come back from Queensland, so I don't really want to risk potentially being exposed to it. And my parents are both in their 60s, and obviously, that's, as I said, 100, I don't really want to risk yeah, catching it. So I've been very careful with where, what I do and where I go out and stuff. So no, I haven't been to a game in a while. Yeah, that's smart. I saw you're um, ahead of the curve with the masks and everything as well. Oh, I bought a mask from a store. I don't like to admit which store because I don't like the store. But it said size one fits all and i have quite a big head my ears like stick forward so it clearly doesn't fit all but at least i have a mask now so oh it's like too tight around the ears yeah I look like dumbo my ears keep getting pushed forward does it get uncomfortable too because of that nah the, just the worst thing is because i'm with four eyes if i'm wearing glasses it just fogs up so now like if i'm walking down the street i just i just don't wear my glasses and i'm i always get this confused i'm Long. I can't read signs. I can see stuff in front of me, so like I don't really need it. Driving down the like walking down the street, but if I was to drive, I need my glasses. So okay, yeah, that makes sense. But then I get to a pub or a venue, and I'll take it off. Yeah, yeah. I've been the same. Like I've been on the mask since since the start of the year. Basically, I got it for the fires to deal. Oh with the yeah. Smoke. And then it just turned out that 2019 was the year that masks became hot commodities. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I was thinking about that the other day, actually. Yeah, it's wild. Like, we turn the year and we're like, oh, yeah, new year, new decade and stuff. Bushfires and then it just masks, masks, masks. So, do you wear it when you play darts as well? or? Yep, anytime I leave the house, basically. Oh, it's it annoying, been, but you've got to do it. Yeah, like, it's just too risky for me to not do it. And, like, now that they're sort of encouraging it, it's going to be a little bit easier, like... When I first wore it to darts, people were like, what are you doing? 
was like, if I want to play, I have to wear this. I have no choice. Yeah, of course. And also, you're being healthy, like you're being health conscious, like more and more. Like they have to wear it now in Victoria, so I think they we should do it up here as well, everywhere. Really. Well, yeah, like they've started now putting out the graphics to sort of explain why, and it makes so much sense. Like I think it's if neither person wears a mask, there's like a 90% chance of transmission. If a sick person wears it, it goes down to like 60 or 70. If both wear it and stay standing close together, it drops to about 15 or 20%. But if two oh, people yeah. are wearing a mask and they're a metre and a half apart, there's no chance of transmission. Yeah, that's wild. So it's just like, why would you not just encourage everybody to wear them and then when we social distance as well, it just cuts it out completely? Yeah, absolutely. I had thought the other day, I was washing my hands in, in um, Westfield or something. You know how they have automatic taps? The tap should go for 20 seconds minimum and people should on, only move once the water stops because then they'll encourage people to be like, oh, okay, this is 20 seconds. And because, you know, they say that's something you have to wash your hands for. Yeah, yeah. If they were set to do that time, it would encourage people to know that, okay, I'm doing washing my hands correctly. But then you've got to touch the door to walk out anyway, which is a bit gross. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Kind of defeats the purpose then. Yeah. Uh, crazy times. I hate that. I hate when it's a push door to go in and then it's a pull door to go out and you're like, no, swap these around. <laughs> oh, yeah. The worst. One day they'll figure it all out. So, yeah, for me, I, um, I checked out the Umbrella Academy since the new season dropped on Friday. Oh, yeah. Enjoy it. Have you, have you checked it out? I watched the first, okay, so I was seeing this girl and we, like, when the first season came out and we watched, like, a couple of episodes together and then she just finished it and I was like, okay, I don't really want to watch this anymore. So I stopped watching it just because I thought we were going to watch it together. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of liked it. Did she finish it without you? Yeah, we started together and then she finished it without me. Dude, that's the unwritten rule. I don't. <laughs> Don't do that. If we watch it together, we watch it together. Yes. That's what I said to her. And she was like, no, I'm just enjoying it too much. And the worst thing was it was on my Netflix as well. I'm just going, what are you doing? Safe to say that didn't work out. And I'm in a much better place now with someone. But, yeah, like if you start watching something with someone, you watch it all with them. Yeah, that's a, that's a sure sign that that's not going anywhere. Look, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> now, so did you watch the first or the second season? I, I hadn't watched the first season until sort of the start of last week. I was like, right, I've been wanting to watch this show for ages. So I sat down, powered through the first season in like three or four days. Yeah. And then I watched all of the second season between Friday night and about lunchtime yesterday. Awesome. I love it when you can smash a show like that. I'm hoping you smash it in a good way. Yeah, like it's only it's only ten episodes and they're only about forty, forty five minutes each, so they're pretty easy to get through and it each episode like finishes in a way where you're like, oh damn it, I gotta watch one more now. Yeah, they're the worst. They're the actual like the worst in a good way. Yep. Yeah, it's like this Netflix superhero show based on the Dark Horse comic which is written by My Chemical Romance's Gerard Way. Whoa, really? I don't really like their music, but I know who he is. That's pretty cool. Yeah, like that that was one of the main things. It was like, 
okay, this is probably going to be down my alley. Like that's kind of the music I'm into. So mm. you can see, you can definitely see the influences from him in the, in the show. Yeah, cool. Yeah, like it focuses on this group called the Umbrella Academy, who are these group of adopted superheroes, and they, as they grow up, they all grow apart because their father or adopted father was pretty mean to them, really. But they've all had mm. to come back together to stop the apocalypse. Okay. So yeah, season one is set in like modern times, so twenty nineteen. And it, we're sort of mm. just introduced to their, their characters and their backstories and what their powers are, and some of them sort of learn about their abilities at the same time as we do. And then season two uh, sees the group sort of spread out and stuck between the early 1960s and, like, the mid-1960s. Oh, time jump. Yeah, so it really made me think of Dark. Yeah, when you said apocalypse, that's a th- oh man. Yeah, so it's it's all about like time travel and the butterfly effect of what happens with different things throughout the time. And Ellen Page is in it, yeah. Yes, she's like one of the oh, main characters. Oh no, I think I'm th- you're selling it. I think we have to watch it. Ellen Page, uh, and season one has Mary J. Blige as well. Oh, the Queen. And yeah, like season two, they all they all eventually come back together in like the days leading up to JFK's assassination. Oh, so there's like and a they all think like they need to prevent that in order to stop a nuclear war. Oh wow! Okay, that sounds cool. It's cool in the way that it's got references and elements that you obviously know from history, but then it just takes this. Crazy, quirky, supernatural spin. Yeah, wow. So it's it's like dark. It's comics. Why superheroes? Why haven't I watched this show? I know why. Out of spite, but I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna get into it. I just finished Peaky Blinders. I need a new show. That's it tonight. I'm gonna get back into it. I've just started Peaky Blinders as well. Oh man, my parents started as well, and they were like, my stepfather called me. and He goes, oh. I have a problem with you. Oh, God, what have I done now? He's like, <laughs> we started watching Peaky Blinders, and the next minute, it's one o'clock in the morning, we finished five episodes, and I've got stuff to do tomorrow. <laughs> so that's Show. your fault. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. How are you finding it? I found it slow to begin with, but I think once I got through maybe two or three episodes, I was in. Yeah, it's a bit like that. But yeah, I've only... Like, I've literally just started ep- uh, season two. Like, I'm 10 minutes into the season, into episode one. So, I haven't got a lot to say about it, but. How good Sam Neill? Really good. I think, I think he nails that Northern Irish accent. I think he's so good in it. Big fan of his. And Tom Hardy was amazing in it as well. Yeah, I would not have um, picked Sam Neill as Australian if I didn't know. Yeah, no, nah, not at all. Like, absolutely spot on. Actually, considering it have been an island, I probably can't say it's spot on, but from things I've heard, I think he nails it, personally. I hope any Irish people listening to this agrees with us. Um, yeah, so back to, like, Dark, and, um, uh, not Dark, Umbrella Academy. It has obviously caught on with a lot of people. Like, 
the first season had Netflix said they had 45 million households watch the season during its first month. Oh, wow. Which made it the third most popular series of 2019. Wow. And I think, I think sort of the soundtrack helps that too. What's the soundtrack like? Because it has lots, it has lots of like pop rock songs, like things that you definitely recognize used to, they come in when there's like something actiony or like a crazy uh, fight scene happening. So they like really up the ante there where you hear that song, you're like, okay, I'm definitely paying attention right now. Okay, yeah. Do you think that's the influence of, sorry, I forgot his name, but the My Chemical Romance guy? Is he like a producer in it as well or? I'd say he's definitely sort of helped get the ball rolling in terms of who they need to speak to to get licenses for that music and stuff. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, if you're going to watch it, prepare for a massive cliffhanger at the end of season two though. Like, I finished it yesterday and I was like, God damn it, when's season three? <laughs> and it only would, oh, so you'd have to wait like probably an above average time to, for the next season with everything going on in the world now as well. So, mm-hmm. oh man. It's going to be a while, I think. Damn, okay. I'm, I'm sold. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I think it's definitely something you'll, you'll enjoy. Seems like a very theme at the moment of dark, like the television show, like dark comedies and dark movies and stuff. I've been into because I watched a really weird movie the other day. Yep. It's called, it came out in 2018 and it's called Sorry to Bother You. Yep. Yeah. I've seen that on, is it on Netflix? Yeah. It just came up on Netflix and I was like, oh, I really like the, one of the actors that was in it. And I was like, okay, I'll watch this. And it's about a, basically a telemarketer who gets a job and then he just keeps going up the food chain and stuff and it just, it's like this dark comedy and it just keeps going and going and towards the end you're like how did we get here from here and then it's over and then it, it kind of made me i didn't realize if i liked it or not for a couple of days later and i sat down and think about it and i was like you yeah, know it's a very good movie it's very weird it's very very odd but yeah i think it won like it was nominated for some awards and stuff and um it's got Keith Stanfield in it, who's this actor who I really like. So, um, and Terry Crews played a, it was has a cameo as well. It's very black. It was like a black comedy, and I think it was directed by a like, person of color, and it had like um, yeah, very strong cast. So weird movie. I don't know why I watched it, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think I've heard of it before, and it's something that I've been like, I should check that out someday. So now that it's on Netflix, I probably have to give it a look. Yeah, and then when he's doing the telemarketer, he puts on like a white voice and like a white person's voice, and the white person's voice is um, one of the actors from Arrested Development that I really like. Um, I can't remember his name, but I can see him in my head. He's the ball guy, and straight away I picked that. And yeah, it's a good show. It's a like good movie. I guess it talks about it has the themes of like capitalism and um, greed and. Um, yeah, it was set in Oakland in America, so if you've got a spare hour and a half, I'd recommend watching it. It had a really small budget, I think like $3.2 million, and made like $19 million at the box office, so it was quite successful. I was going to say, it definitely would have made its money back then. Yeah. And great music as well. Um, yeah, it had like some, yeah, 
yeah, good little movie. Yeah, telemarketing is not something that you would typically think, let's make a movie about. As someone whose first job out of school was a telemarketer, I would have to agree with that. I worked for such, I used to sell proactive when I was younger. I also got a job at Danos Direct and we used to sell things like the Mr. T Flavor Wave oven and whatnot. So um, <laughs> it wasn't making telemarketing glamorous like workaholics. It was just, yeah, it was just talk, talking about telemarketers being like slaves and stuff. But it was, yeah, weird thing to make a movie about, but it, it works. Did anything you sell come with a complimentary set of steak knives? <laughs> yep. <laughs> what, they did? Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Then we had to, like, if, if people showed interest, and then we'd because the ads would go on, like, Channel 9 breakfast shows and stuff in the morning. Then throughout the day, we just had to call people and try to, like, sell them stuff. And we'd just make, people I work with, we'd just make bets on, like, the most random stuff that we could sell people and try to keep ourselves entertained. But it, was not a very glamorous job, but it helped me realize that I wanted to get into marketing and not do that kind of marketing, and here I am today. So, yeah, interesting jobs to have. Speaking of uh, interesting jobs, I checked out um, the Greatness Code on it's on Apple TV+. Plus. Okay. And it's, it's a series of seven sort of short documentaries that are about five just under 10 minutes each and they follow different athletes as they break down like specific pivotal moments in their careers okay and it does it in a way that's like it's not like your typical documentary it's not just a sit down interview interspliced with like highlights of whatever the moment is that's like it's got this really flashy like animation and graphics layered over the top of the highlights and stuff. Okay. Which makes it like much more captivating than I think it had any sort of right to be when it's just five, ep five minute episodes basically. Yeah. Okay. But the athletes that they got is all down to obviously Apple TV's money. They got a, uh, the seven athletes are LeBron James, Tom Brady, oh, oh, yeah. Alex yeah. Morgan from the U.S. women's soccer team, yeah. Kelly Slater, Sean White, Usain Bolt, and the American swimmer Katie Ledecky. I love Usain Bolt. I think Tom Brady is an amazing athlete. LeBron James, awesome. Alex Morgan, I'm going to have to watch this. That sounds awesome. Less Apple's money. Yeah, and yeah, like seven, ten-minute episodes, like knock it out in an hour and it's done. Who was your favourite? LeBron and Brady's were probably the coolest. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's funny because like when you think of like people's most pivotal moments, you think of like their first championship or playoff games and things like that, but... LeBron's is about the 2012 playoffs versus Boston, and he sort of he talks about a shot that's taken over the top of him that like just broke his heart. And then the next game, he says he mm. he went into Boston knowing that it's a city that really isn't favorable to African Americans. Oh yeah, they're, they're horrible there. 
because he just felt heartbroken by that previous game, he says he, he walked in there and just felt nothing. Like it was the first time he'd ever played a game where he just felt nothing. Oh, wow. And then that's the game where he dropped like 50 points, 15 rebounds, just, ha- just went off. Oh, beast mode. Yeah. And then Brady's is a similar story where it's like he's won seven championships. You think that's going to be what he's talking about, and it's not. He's talking about some random game against Buffalo that they won 56 to 10. Okay. It's cool in the way that it's like it's them just talking about a moment in their career that just everything clicked, everything went perfect. They felt like they, there was no, nobody that could beat them. Yeah. They also get into sort of, like Kelly Slater especially talked about how he was on the verge of like quitting and as he went into surf, he just broke down and like started crying. And it's cool in the way that it does that. It's not just a happy, this is how my career went. This was the perfect moment. Like it actually talks about their emotions. So it seems like the type of show that, yeah, it kind of like catches you off guard. Like you expect each episode to be about certain things, but I guess the athletes get to explore more of moments or performances that mean something to them that people might not know about or usually associate with them. So sounds pretty cool. Alex Morgan speaks about like the game, the first game where she got picked in the starting lineup for the US. Sean White talks about his... Olympic qualifying run where like they get three runs and the first two were just disasters then he's like the third one just he couldn't miss like everything went perfectly uh Usain Bolt breaks down his world world record setting run like pretty much meter by meter he's talks about how walked out he warmed up put on a show for everyone before he got into the blocks and then he's in the blocks and he's like, 10 metres, 20 metres. At 20 metres, I knew it was done. Oh, man. Like, he was looking over and he could see that he was already in front and he was like, okay, it's done. Now let's, let's push. And then now let's pick up the speed, 30 metres, 40 metres. And then he's like, 80 metres, I was just cruising then. Man. Damn, that sounds really inspiring. And then, yeah, he, he spoke about, like, retirement as well. I mean, he was just like... I retired at the top because there was nothing else that I wanted to do. Like, I'd won Olympic golds, I'd broke the world record, won world championships. What else was I going to do? It's just time to go. Just wants to party now. Then he tried to play soccer. And the coast. That didn't go so well for him. <laughs> it absolutely didn't. I remember that he was in Sydney for a few weeks. Actually, he's always in Sydney. And he literally, because he's one of my favorite athletes, he literally go to venues that I DJ'd at. He'd either go the week before or after I played there. And every time I saw him out, I was like, he'd go to like World Bar or like Greenwood and stuff. And I was like, I was playing last week. Why can't I be there when he's there? Come to the show I'm at. Yeah. Be my MC. Not happy. But yeah, this documentary is like cool in that it does that, that graphic visual effects thing. But I would have, I would have loved to see them be a bit longer. Like, some of the episodes, like, they're just getting started and then it's over. And you're like, oh, damn. I would have. Yeah. Like, Tom Brady, I could have sat and listened to him break down games, like, moment by moment for ages. But... And he full could do that as well. He's got such a 
amazing brain. Yeah, well, when he's breaking down this Buffalo game, he's just he's literally like, we did this play, then this play, then this play, like just breaking it down play by play, basically. It's like, what? How do you remember? Like, yeah, you obviously think that is the perfect game that nobody else even pays any attention to, but why do you remember every single play of that game? Yeah, he's a bit of a freak in a good way. Apparently they're doing like a longer form series with him as well, so like similar to the last Yeah, days. Yeah, I noticed that. Like when I was in my parents' house and I was watching a lot of ESPN because there's no sport on, I had a lot of coverage about Tom Brady. I never really liked him. I respect what he did, but I never really liked him until he left the Patriots and then I just saw his all this like they were he was doing stuff with like other former players and just there was a lot of coverage of him and I just realized I really like him as a just seems like a genuine bloke who's the top of his sport. So yeah, hopefully there's like a last dance thing like with that with him. I know with Kobe in peace they filmed they had cameras around for his final season, so there's there'll be something about that as well, which would be good. Yeah, it's always cool to see that behind the scenes glimpse of people that are at the top of the game. Yeah. Time. So that's on Apple TV Plus, whatever it's called. Yeah, Apple TV Plus, which I got thanks to buying a new iPad this year. So I've got 12 months of that to get through. Yeah, I got, 12, I got a new phone at some point in the past, some period of time. I'm real smart. I remember these things. And I, yeah, I got it for free for a year as well. So another streaming service to watch. Yeah, there's um that movie Tom Lasso is coming out soon that looks pretty interesting. What's that? It's the one where, I can't remember what team it is, but they get an American coach for an English soccer team. And it's kind of like, it's like a comedy of like the clash of cultures. Oh, that sounds cool. So he's like an American football coach and he comes in just talking about like, we're going to go out there and we're either going to win or we'll lose. And then the press are like, or draw. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to have to watch that as well. Yeah, it looks funny from the trailer, so hopefully it lives up to the trailer. I'm a little bit concerned that with comedy movies like that, they can show the best parts in the trailer and then there's nothing else good. Yeah, that is a bit sketchy when they only show the good stuff and then it doesn't live up to it. But positive, positive thinking, hopefully it'll be fine. It will be fine. It'll, it'll be a good, funny movie. Uh, did you check out anything else? When we're talking about... SBS On Demand and ABC On Demand. Started watching this show a few years ago. It was on SBS. It was called Search Party. It was a dark comedy set in New York. I started watching it, um, and it's basically about this this woman goes missing, and there's people who knew her in high school, known college, start to try to find her, and yeah, just about everything that happens, they're trying to find her. Like, she's gone. You don't, you don't know if she's gone missing or she's dead or whatever. And, yeah, that was on SBS On Demand a few years ago, and I watched a couple of episodes, and I forgot about it. And then I noticed it was on Stan the other day. So I finished the first two seasons over, like, the space of this week, pretty much. So, yeah, as, as I was saying before, it's been, just been a theme with me this week with watching dark-style stuff. And, yeah, it's good dark comedy. Each episode goes for about half an hour. Good young cast. Good to see the sights and sounds of New York. Um, and there's 30 episodes in total. Um, the main actress is quite good. She's a, a liar, Shawcat, and there's just a few other good supporting actor, actors and actresses and stuff. And apparently there's going to be season four, so I'm 
very much enjoying it. Is it like it's all fiction, yeah? Yeah. So they just each episode is just about them trying to find this woman and then things happen or they cross paths with these people and stuff and it's just about the adventures they go on and um yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a bit of a satire, like cringy in a way. They had a, a vigil for the, the lady that went missing, and the parents were like sobbing and they were crying, obviously because their daughter was missing. And they're like, "We've been told you need to use these hashtags when tweeting and commenting about the the vigil and stuff." So, a bit tongue in cheek about like our societies these days as well and stuff. But um, yeah, sounds interesting. It sounds like that'd be something Leah would really enjoy. Yeah, I think so. She's into all the the true crime stuff we generally talk true crime with her so yeah i've, I've heard a few things with that so I'll, in, I'll encourage her to check that one out and see if she likes it yeah let her know let me know how she goes oh i hear how she goes as well um have you popped on anything else or for the week yeah the last one i checked out was um blood vessel oh yep which is it's a movie that's coming out. It'll be out the day this, this episode drops. It's on DVD on the 5th of August and on demand at the same time. And it's, um, it's a bit of a weird one. It's like a horror movie set in World War II about Nazi vampires. <laughs> okay. Interesting. It starts off with this group of people that are they're stuck on this lifeboat after their hospital ship gets torpedoed in the Atlantic. And they're just drifting along in this lifeboat and then this big Nazi ship comes along and it's eerily creepy like this. Pretty much nobody can be seen from the water and they manage to get up on board this ship and then that's when they realise that something is amiss about this ship because there's no life on board except for this one mysterious like little girl okay then as as it progresses that's when they start to realize that there's something strange going on here and they discover uh they discover vampires and then obviously because there's vampires on board they've turned nazis into nazi vampires and then <laughs> chaos ensues from there Sounds like quite an adventure. It was definitely an interesting one, and I liked the fact that the survivors, because it's obviously World War Two, and you had all the allies coming together, you have like this really, really weird mix of like characters and cultures. You have the Aussie Anzac dude, you have an American from New York, you have an English lady, uh, you have this what was he? he was from some sort of eastern european country that had like he defected so you have this like weird clash of cultures happening at the same time as this crazy supernatural horror stuff going on yep and it was just it was a fun like cheesy horror movie that has some pretty gruesome practical effects yeah nice doesn't sound too Intense, but it's still a good watch, considering the premise of what it is. Yeah, yeah fun watch. A um, couple of, like, jump scare, tense moments, but 
my only criticism was it could have been a bit tighter and punchier like the first mm, half an hour is a bit slow like as they sort of set the premise and set where it's set like on the boat how it's all happening and then when it gets to the the action main part at the end it feels a bit rushed so uh. just could have been paced out a little bit better but otherwise it was pretty fun hour and a half yeah awesome and that comes out the fifth did you say yeah so it's available on dvd and on demand this wednesday which is obviously the day we we release the episode so yeah awesome. perfect timing yeah cool yeah. Anything on the horizon that you've caught, caught your eye for the following week or so? I've got uh, that Ted Lasso doco uh, movie. There's, what else have I got? There's a new show on Netflix that I've begun watching called Home Game, and it's about all these weird, crazy sports all around the world. Yeah, I've um, added that to my list. It looks good. It looks interesting. First episode's really cool, but I'll, I'll save that for next week once I um, finish the season, but the first episode has been the standout so far. Okay, yep. Uh, and then there's the Nicholas Anelka documentary coming on Netflix in a couple of weeks as well, so that, sh- that should be a good one. Yes, I'm very excited for that. I completely forgot about that, but I saw that, and yes, I'm going to watch that that day that comes out because I loved Anelka. Yeah, same. Such a, I was so happy when Chelsea signed him. I started the Wu-Tang American Saga on Stan last night as well. So. Yeah, that's great. I, I watched that four months ago. I really enjoyed it. Dave East, amazing method man. And all the actors were really good as well. So I can't wait for season two. Plenty of stuff on the horizon. Anything you're looking forward to? Um, Umbrella Academy now. And um, I bought a book, another book because I'm now a scholar, a reader. Um, called Growing Up Aboriginal in Australia. And it's a collection of stories from um, Indigenous Australians and just what they've gone through. So I think that's going to be a very confronting read, but it's something I feel I need to read. And I'm trying to educate myself more on a few um, matters closer to home. Yeah, it'll definitely be pretty heavy reading at points, I assume. But important. (laughs) Yeah, one a, a guy I know is one of the chapters, but yeah, it's going to be yeah very important read. So I'm going to start that this week. Uh, so what would be your top recommendation from this week? Um, I'm going to say High Fidelity, just because it's always been a movie I've loved. You can watch a television show of it, or there's a book. So there's something for everyone. And if you want to do all three, you can do all three. Uh, yeah, for me. If Greatness Code were longer episodes, I would say that. But for now, I'm going to say the Umbrella Academy and then we'll keep an eye on Greatness Code and see if they do more in the future. Yeah, awesome. Cool, thanks. Thank you for listening to The Commentary Booth. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, you can follow me on social media at Jamie Apps Media and you can follow Jackson on Twitter at Deckhead. Awesome. Thanks for another great chat, my friend. The Commentary Booth is a fan-funded production of Jamie Apps Media. You can support the podcast alongside our magazine, Jamzine, over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Jamie Apps Media. 
The following people supported at the jam publisher level or higher, and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are for their support. Brian and June Hart, Courtney Paulson, Tracy Apps. <laughs> <laughs>